Some say adversity can bring teams together in ways that normal wins and victories cannot, and the Jets are certainly going through quite a rough stretch right now. With a pivotal game against the Minnesota Wild coming up, how will the Jets prepare for perhaps one of the biggest games of the season as the Jets try to right the ship for what has been a very, very, very rough last few months? We'll dive into this game against the Wild and who the Jets are going to be watching out for on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. You can follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, or YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On right now to get started. All right. So like I said, obviously, you know, the Jets, we've we've talked about them for the past couple of weeks, um, especially this past week with the trade deadline. Things were, well, in a word, underwhelming. Uh, I would say I was kind of miffed. I think you could tell from the last couple of episodes, I'm not a happy camper. And I think a lot of Jets fans aren't really happy either. It's not that we want to be obsessively pessimistic about this team's direction. It's more like you're looking at the timeline for the Jets and you're starting to panic. I think this is the point at which all of the realities of Winnipeg's you know, upcoming next two years and what's going to happen after that are all sort of basically hitting at the same time. I liken it to being a Ravens fan right now, which I am. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, that whole saga about him maybe kind of working through this whole contract negotiation thing and not really committing committing to Baltimore long-term, it leaves a lot of uncertainty and a lot of doubt. And I think that's what I'm looking at with the Jets here is because, quite honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if a number of Winnipeg's core players in a couple of years here say, you know what, my time in Winnipeg was grand, but it's time to move on to bigger and better things. And can you really blame them? I mean, the Jets just haven't really lived up to their potential. So at this point, what can you do? The trade deadline came and passed. The Jets didn't do enough. Now, you know, at this point, you basically just have to roll with what you've got and hope that the next few weeks are fortuitous. And let's be real. Winnipeg's schedule is about to get very, very difficult. I think the Jets um, are certainly bound for not a ton of points, I would say, over the next few weeks. I think Winnipeg is likely to really struggle uphill, which is something that we've talked about. But the first opponent on the docket is going to be the Minnesota Wild. And Minnesota had a pretty mediocre start to the season and has since then continued to climb to the top of the Central. At some point, they may actually challenge Dallas for the Central Division title. That's how uh, meteoric their rise has been this season. I know that they just lost recently to the Calgary Flames, but this wild team, make no mistake, is still very good. And when you're looking at this team, who are you afraid of? Well, the clear far and away star is 
uh, Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, he's been on an unholy tear this year. He was very talented before and certainly scored lots of points. But this year, Kaprizov is just destroying opponents. Uh, his power play numbers are off the charts. His even strength numbers are pretty good. This dude is such a dynamic threat, an amazing scorer. He's got 73 points in 64 games. And when you look at the rest of the wild roster, you start to realize Kaprizov might be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Uh, Zuccarello and Joel Eriksson Ek alongside uh, rookie Matt Boldy, they have had a pretty nice season so far as well. Zook's got 58 points. He's almost a point per game. Uh, Joel Eriksson Ek has 49, and Matt Boldy's at 42. So uh, actually, I think Boldy's no longer a rookie. Uh, I think he passed that status a little bit earlier, but um, basically a, a fresh-faced kid, right? Boldy's very young. Uh, this team has a couple of players like that, but once you get past like the top six, Suddenly, things take a bit of a different turn. The next close, like closest scoring player is Kalen Addison, and he has 28 points. So like the drop between the first couple of lines in the bottom six is not that different from what you see with the Jets. Winnipeg doesn't exactly have um, the most explosive bottom six, if we're being honest. In fact, the depth lines haven't really been chipping in much offense over the last few weeks, and it's been really no- noticeable. Like, Kevin Stenlin had a couple of goals the other night, and that was, like, the dam breaking, in effect, for uh, the third and fourth lines. Not that it actually carried over to the other games, but that was basically, like, the the equivalent of a windfall for the depth unit. So Minnesota's kind of got some similar issues. I will say that Minnesota does have one particular weapon that I think aside from Kaprizov, definitely scares me. And it's that they finally got a real goalie. Uh, Philip Gustafson was traded for Cam Talbot. And at the time, I kind of thought the Sens would end up regretting this trade just because Gustafson's underlying numbers were really good. And Cam Talbot, not so good. Since arriving with the Wild, (laughs) Gustafson's been destroying opponents, man. This dude has a 935 save percentage, three shutouts. Um, You know, I I don't really use goals goals against average, but if you're interested, it's at a 1.91. Basically, he's just dominating opponents. Uh, He's quietly putting together a very good campaign, probably not one that'll be fully worthy of a Vezina win, but certainly one of the top goalies performing this year. Uh, he's had a bit of a timeshare with, with, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, but Fleury's not been very good. Well, Gustafson has been the exact opposite. He's been incredible. So I would expect the Jets to see a healthy dose of Gustafson. And if Winnipeg ends up, you know, facing this team in the postseason, wouldn't be shocked if the Jets are facing off against Gus at this point too, which for Winnipeg, after they just struggled against James Reimer, not really filling me with a lot of confidence, uh, I, I have to say that I'm not, again, feeling particularly great about Winnipeg's odds uh, in this game. But this is pretty much a must-win. I mean, I think everyone knows that the Jets are kind of in free fall. And if Winnipeg can't pull this off somehow, I mean, the next few weeks are not about to get easier. Now, speaking of the Jets, I, uh, I thought it would be worth talking about what we're seeing for practice lines for the Jets. Obviously, you know, they're, they're subject to change tomorrow, or I guess today, if you are actually listening to this uh, on Wednesday, but long and short of it is the Jets have an uphill battle and let's see how Winnipeg is preparing for a wild team that maybe lacks scoring depth in the bottom six, but certainly has one of the more potent top sixes uh, with Kaprizov in tow. 
Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the number of threes drained. Now, I'm not the biggest basketball fan or expert, but I know a lot of folks are. Um, LeBron James chasing history this year with his scoring record. And you might think, well, where do I want to place a bet on what he finishes the season with. Maybe he adds another few uh, dozen, hundred, how many, however many points you think he's going to finish the season with. You can drop a bet on that. You can also bet on the next NBA champion. Maybe you're looking at, I don't know, the Boston Celtics again. Do you think they might have another title up their sleeves? No matter what you want to bet on, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss this chance to get your nose wet first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Obviously, we're just sort of diving into Winnipeg uh, versus Minnesota, and we talked about the Wild being a bit of a dangerous team, one that maybe doesn't have as as potent of a bottom six, but certainly has a couple of really good top six players who have, quite honestly, been shooting the lights out for a team that traditionally does not have a lot of scoring. Now, per Mitchell Clinton from the Jets, uh, Winnipeg has put out an early preliminary practice lineup and this unit, I, I mean, it's okay. Uh, Ayler, Shifley, Niederreiter is the first line, and I'll, I'll just say right off, this line is going to absolutely kick butt. I don't think anyone has any question about that. Niederreiter's been fitting like a glove since joining the Jets. Uh, he scored his first goal for the Jets the other day in that Sharks game. He's been, I mean, pretty much found money for Winnipeg, which, you know, for a second-round pick next season, you really can't complain. And we have him for another season, too, so... Uh, Nino, fantastic player. Uh, it's one of the, the major moves for the Jets that I would say I was very happy with and objectively pleased. You really can't complain about his contributions, a number of points uh, over the past couple of games, and just vibes-wise, he definitely clicks with his team. The second line is where you start to see some interesting things. You have Connor, Gustafson, and Wheeler together, which I've been advocating for a while to have Gustafson given uh, a second-line look. I know some people are going to look at his game and think that he's like a fourth or maybe even a third liner, which perhaps on a contender, that's true. I think Gus, though, has another level to his game if he's actually played with skill. Uh, In this case, though, Dubois is actually just out for maintenance after having maybe some injury struggles in the last game. He's just not been great recently, if we're being honest. Um, A number of the Jet stars have sort of been, I would say, scuffling along, and Dubois is definitely no exception. Wheeler also not really doing super well, if I'm being 100% truthful. His last game was just really bad, and he actually may have cost the Jets uh, another standing point. I mean, that that failed icing attempt thing that he did, that was just really bad. It ended up uh, conceding zone possession to the Sharks. They tied it, and then they won in overtime, and that was already after Wheeler had had a really bad game. So at some point, Bones is going to have to decide and make a hard decision on whether or not Wheeler can remain in this top six, but I think we already know he's made up his mind. Um, 
It's going to be Connor Dubois and Wheeler together. This line is just not going to be good. I I, I don't really see any particular way that this unit uh, actually functions well, especially with what we're seeing over the past couple of weeks. But it is what it is. Uh, It's not changing. Winnipeg didn't make enough um, trade deadline deals to have it change. So whatever. It is what it is. The third line uh, is Nemesnikov, Lowry, and Appleton, which is a really good fourth line. Maybe not so great of a third line if you're looking for offensive production. I mean, uh, Nemesnikov has probably come the closest to scoring of these three guys. Yeah, I mean, what do you even say? They're just really effective four checkers, and that's kind of where you start to see um, some drop-offs in what you're asking for for the rest of those really important scoring attributes. Whatever, I mean, we're sort of used to this now. Winnipeg is very clearly top six and very clearly bottom six. So I could spend a lot of time sort of crying about it, bemoaning Winnipeg's lack of a top nine, but no point in doing so. On to the fourth line. <laughs> You've got Baron, Stenland, and Mendelainen. Uh, I really think at some point the Jets are going to have to have a conversation about Saku. He's just not good when it's not the, the penalty kill. When it's like a shorthanded situation, Mendelainen is elite. And like, I mean, really freaking elite. Like maybe the best PKer in the whole league. I don't know what happens when the Jets go from 5v5 to 4v5, but the dude is just a beast on the PK. Unfortunately, the 5v5 play is kind of where he kills everything else, uh, and it really torpedoes his value. So if the Jets could play shorthanded and use him exclusively there, I mean, that would probably be a worthy consideration. But having him at even strength over guys like Gagne and Janssen Fialbi, I just don't really understand, to be honest. I think both Gagne and AJF have been significantly better, and I think they just offer more uh, even strength quality Janssen Fialbi, I mean, even recently has looked pretty good. So, yeah, Manalainen may be one of the weaker signings the Jets have made recently, and it seems like he is apparently the unbenchable. So, yeah, whatever the case may be, the Jets really seem to like his forechecking ability. It's just a shame that, unfortunately, the rest of his game hasn't come along. Uh, Baron, I, I, I don't know that I really love him being anchored to the fourth line necessarily. I think he has earned a third line spot. Not that Nemestikov hasn't. I mean, it's probably kind of an even trade there. But Baron has gotten really close to, to really opening the dam of scoring. You can see him kind of getting into those really dangerous areas. He got robbed by James Reimer in the last game. Um, so I really like where his game is trending. I think he's kind of on the up and up. It's just a question of making it all fit together and uh, punching it in the back of the net. Stenland has also been pretty good recently. Don't really have any complaints about him staying in the lineup. He's been a very effective fourth liner. Um, And yeah, just a nice cheap find for the Jets. Winnipeg has these guys every once in a while. Uh, I just wish Gagne would maybe get more of a look. I think he's probably deserved uh, a couple of games to join the Jets again. But, you know, does it really make the difference or, or move the needle? Probably not. But as it is, Winnipeg, they are rolling in with... Uh, a lineup that's definitely geared towards what looks like forechecking, um, and I'm sure they're expecting a tight battle with the Wild, so uh, we'll see if Winnipeg can survive this one. The defensive pairings we'll dive into in just a little bit and see if Winnipeg is uh, going to potentially bring back the uh, the Stanimal as it is, or if they're going to opt for the better choice, in my opinion, Dylan Sandberg. 
Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Built Bar. Those of you who uh, know about Built Bars, you've probably heard me talk about them and evangelize about their, their wonderful products. They are fantastic because they're a protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They come in great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, my personal favorite, very simple one, very straightforward and the classic, but one that you really can't go wrong with. That is raspberry dark chocolate. I think that flavor combo works perfectly with Built Bar. And best of all, as good as it tastes, it's even better for you. Built Bars clock in at around 130 to 140 calories. They contain, you know, four to five grams of net carbs and a whopping 15 to 17 grams of protein. So if you're looking for something that's a bit of a lifestyle change, maybe a replacement for those candy bars, maybe something that's a little bit of a a pick-me-up right before your workout, or just a snack in the afternoon, Built Bars are a fantastic choice. You can get them from Walmart and Sam's Club in a variety box that has some of Built's most popular flavors. And of course, if you'd rather just choose your own flavors, head to Built.com to start assembling your variety box right now. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, just sort of wrapping up real quick with some thoughts on Winnipeg's lineup as they head into what will be a very important game for uh, the Jets. Uh, Obviously, we just went through the forward lineups. I mean, it's okay, relatively speaking. It's not great, but it's it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to really, you know, waste more time complaining about it. The Jets had their chances to improve it. They didn't. So we're going to reap the benefits and hopefully uh, watch a team that is going to maybe four check some goals past uh, Philip Gustafson. Not feeling that great about that, if I'm being honest. On the defensive side of things, also not feeling great about this game. Morrissey Pionk continues to be a pairing, and it, it just really shouldn't be. I love Neil. I think that he is a super accountable leader. I think that he fights for every shift. But good Lord Almighty, has he had a horrendous season. Uh, Pionk just can't really defend, and it, it's been bad enough to where it's dragging the Jets down on every single shift that is on the ice, especially in the defensive zone. When he's in the offensive zone, it's a little bit less of a problem. But if he's in front of Hellebuck or Riddick, just pray. I mean, that's all you can do. Uh, Morrissey doesn't really do much defending himself. So you have those two together, and it's like the ultimate high event duo, which it's high event for both the Jets and their opponents. So Minnesota may take advantage of that. I don't know. The other pairing that uh, I probably don't, you know, want to to keep together is Dylan and Demello. Not because that pairing is bad. I just think Demello should be with Morrissey. Um, I guess you put Dylan with Pionk. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I really don't think that Pionk works with any defender on this Jets team. He's basically brought every single pairing down, stats wise. But I mean. You're trying to find ways to mitigate the damage, and I suppose that's one way you could do it. Uh, the other way is to bench Pionk, but I, I don't really think that's happening, and certainly not for a player that the team loves in the locker room is very fond of. Now, the third pairing, uh, it, it's kind of frustrating to see Stanley is coming in alongside Nate Schmidt. Stanley, again, not a guy who defends super well. I know everyone sees his big size and thinks that he's a really strong physical player, but actually he's not really that kind of guy. He's a volume shooter and somebody who's more offensively gifted than you'd think, but in terms of being like a shutdown D, that's not really how he plays. 
I think we've talked about that at length. So if you haven't, just check back from earlier episodes about Logan Stanley. You'll get a sense of what I'm saying when forechecking and puck and like puck and board battles aren't really the thing that he excels at. Sandberg being benched for me, if that does hold, would be really disappointing. Dylan is just really good. I, I think he's been a great two-way defender, somebody who has actively made almost every pairing except his time with Pionk better. Um, I just don't really understand why Sandberg can't maintain a routine spot. He should not be benched like ever unless he's injured or sick or something. But if he's healthy, he needs to be going and playing every game. He's been one of Winnipeg's best two-way defenders the whole year. Uh, I would put him on par around like Dylan DeMello. And we all know that DeMello is a defensive specialist. So for him to sit again alongside Capobianco, uh, Capobianco's sick or something. So I hope he's feeling better, but yeah, I, I just don't understand benching Dylan Sandberg, but I, I'm running out of ways to complain about the same things. I, I get tired of saying it all the time. So just know that I'm pissed. Know that uh, things are probably not going to change. All we can hope for is a Jets win. Drop your score predictions below. Let me know if you think the Jets are going to beat the Wild or if you think Minnesota will have the last laugh. I am predicting a Wild win 4-2, but maybe the Jets surprise me and start like a 10-game winning streak. Crossing fingers, but I am not holding my breath. For tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have, though. Our next episode, we'll have a recap of whatever happens in this wild game. Hopefully a victory. Not expecting much, but, you know, it is what it is, right? But as always, again, thanks so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Then make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, and every result you can find with Locked On Game to Game from across the NHL. They'll bring you all of the latest updates and events with local analysis Local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.